Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to the New Truth Podcast, episode 142. I decided to bring in a very, very, very special guest today. <laughs> the one and only Miss Catherine Danielli is in the house for episode 142, How to Choose the Right Partner. <laughs> I am so happy. I'm so we are happy. So happy. We are so happy. I'm speaking for everyone because I know that you were missed and you are missed mm -hmm. and um, I would love for you to share, just invite you to share a little bit about how you're feeling. What's it like being a mama? Holy cow. Well, I missed this and I missed you. And it is essentially a full eight weeks since you and I have recorded because we recorded the morning uh, my water broke. <laughs> and that was the last time we did this. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Here's there's a story. The morning her water broke. So we recorded an July episode. 18th. Yeah, July 18th. And she was like, okay, July. Okay, Friday. Definitely. She won't be born until next Monday. I'm sure of it. So on Friday, let's record an episode. And then I got a text a few hours later. She's like, my water just broke. I don't think I can record Friday. I love your priorities. Just so committed to the podcast. <laughs> well, the, the I'll say the biggest lesson of the past eight weeks. And it's, and it's interesting because we talk about this all the time is like nothing is in control. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You know, and the, when you make plans, God laughs and I really have surrendered so much. And I could feel that that's what was happening right after she was born or just whatever I imagined, whatever I expected, whatever I thought that I had control over all was not the case. And I had, I, I will say, and I imagine every mom can uh, attest to this. The first six weeks are very fucking hard. Um, and I did. I struggled in the sense of just the overwhelm, you know, of everything's new and um, she's not, you know, there's no affect from a newborn, right? So they're not smiling. They're not looking at you. Like it is just full on. You are giving, 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 giving. Um, I am very grateful to be breastfeeding. That's been going well. It feels very magical. Mm. Um, and she's, the, she's a very sweet baby. And then week seven. So I'm now eight, it's now eight weeks and week seven is when everything shifted. Like I took a long shower. I did my hair. I went for a long walk. I recorded some reels and I just like, it felt like the lights came back on and now she's smiling and I'm out in the world connecting with other moms. And I feel completely different, at least in the sense of now I feel like a mom. Um, I don't feel like Catherine yet because I can just feel that I'm, I'm forever changed. And so I'm excited to see what, 
will come out of my mouth today. <laughs> um, and then just over the next couple of months, what happens as I keep finding myself more. Yeah. Finding yourself. But she's perfect. You. She it's, really is. Maybe you're going to change your name too. There's a new <laughs> name around the corner, but the, I just want to reflect, first of all, you're, you're more beautiful than ever. I mean, you've always been so beautiful, but like you look so different and I, go check out her reels if you want to see her face because obviously you can't see her face, but you are so beautiful and you are so, you're, you feel so different. You're, I'm sure they can hear it in your voice. Like you, you just mm -hmm. feel and look like the whole, and I get that post that you did where you said, stop asking me if I feel like myself again, because I am not the same woman and you I feel it in every cell of hearing you, seeing you. Um, it's amazing. Thank you. One of my, one of the things I quote unquote regret, because not really, but I think about it. There was a New York times article many years ago where they showed before and after pictures of women who had given birth. So they had the pictures, you know, side by side, obviously I have selfies, right? So I can, I can go look and take a picture of myself again now, but I don't think I even looked in the mirror for six weeks, you know, like going into the bathroom was to like pee and brush my teeth and maybe wash my face and then go back to the baby. So when I took that picture, the first picture I posted and yes, I had makeup on, I could, it was like, holy shit. Like I, cause I'm now looking right at myself could see that my face was different. Yeah. So it's, it yeah. is really amazing. I'll have to try to find that article because I'm sure all many mothers feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a new, it's, it's a new, I mean, massive experience. And we all go through so many initiations that do change. I was just on a retreat and this happens at the immersion too, where women's faces change by change. the end of the experience. Like the more, and especially cause you're not just navigating, going through this journey, but you're doing it well equipped with self-awareness and, and you know, all the tools. And obviously the first six weeks, it sounded like it was more just survival, but you're, 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 you're looking through a different lens. So I think that that I'm sure you're gonna be talking lots about that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's meeting a new version of yourself. And I think as we go through life, you know, there's so many women I'm working with right now who are going through divorce or going through big breakups or leaving a job they've been in for 20 years. There's so much of this transitional energy in the air right now mm -hmm. and starting to become a mom. I have a lot of other friends and my brother just stepped into, I was gonna say motherhood, <laughs> fatherhood. And it, it, it's a big it's, I mean, obviously these things are always happening and there's a lot of that in the air right now. So it's like, we, this is how we meet new parts of ourselves. You know, you resist the breakup and the divorce or the leaving a job of 20 years, or you get, you know, feel the grief of, of the letting go of who you were and you get to meet the new version of you on the other side of that. So that's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. So fun. And I can't wait to hear what comes out of your mouth too. <laughs> um, so today's episode was inspired by Catherine's experience with, or wh whoever you, whoever you are, Katharina, maybe that's your Greek name. <laughs> <laughs> Katharina, uh, Danielli, this episode was inspired by how to choose the right partner. Um, this was inspired by Catherine's experience of you know, having a newborn and a husband. And I think probably I'm imagining in the newborn phase, a lot of people want to kill their husbands or like want to trade them in or want to want an upgrade. You know, it's a time that can be incredibly bonding, I'm sure, and also incredibly confronting. So do you want to start? 
Well, it's inspired based on how well things have been going with Andrew and how all I've thought about is if you have chosen wrong and you are overwhelmed, stressed, exhausted, and, and in, in survival, you're not going to make it. And it, and it's not good for the baby. <laughs> like, like that's more what I thought about is like these poor babies that are at the whim of a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, and someone said, you know, the other day, you can choose your partner, but your child can't choose their father. Like if you want children, like how are you not thinking about that? And without going on a rant, just about parenting, you know, the old paradigm, you have women who are so desperate for a baby that they're willing to have a baby with someone who is toxic, you know, and I just want to make a plug for, um, holy crap. What's the woman's name? Melise. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you, if you want a child, if you are looking for a partner so that you can have a baby, you don't want a partner. You want a baby, have a baby on yes. your own. Yeah. Right. Like, like that, like feel that that'll be the like deep digging. And I know I'm sure Melise talked about that, like how to come to that conclusion. But if you are desperate for a baby, you do not need a partner in order to do that. Um, but you know, choosing well, of course, we're going to rant about the old paradigm and the fairy tale, because what does the fairy tale tell you to choose from, right? First, the fairy tale tells you to choose from high chemistry. And for any of you who have done a toxic relationship, you know how that works out. <laughs> when you choose only from chemistry or you choose from dependency financially, right? You choose based on someone who has money and there are a tremendous amount of wealthy narcissists who will run you into the ground. And then when you get divorced, you have nothing and you're worse off, you know, than you started because now you have kids that you have to take care of, but there's so much drama. The fairy tale tells you to choose from image, right? What, who looks good on paper, And then you're walking down the aisle. I mean, how many times have we said this on episodes, right? You're walking down the aisle feeling sick inside because you know that it is not right. And then you do it anyway, because of the old paradigm, women aren't willing to face themselves, get honest with themselves. And most of all, you know, save face, meaning if you are obsessed with your life looking a certain way, but you're not connected to yourself, you're in big, big trouble. Mm. And one of the biggest things that I have felt over the past eight weeks is even though, you know, one of my mantras was you're not bad at this. You're just new at this because I I definitely was like hard on myself in, in many ways and kept thinking like, am I doing this right? Like, what does, you know, what does she need? And I, and that mantra helped me like, you're just new at this. And I offer that for anyone on a healing journey. You know, if you are new at something, you're new at getting to know yourself, new at knowing who you are, you don't have to be perfect in order to start dating. But if you don't know who you are, you are not going to be able to choose the right partner for you. And then when things are difficult, your partner, because even if you choose well, if something is difficult in the partnership, you'll tell yourself, oh, maybe I've chosen wrong rather than, oh, wait, this is part of the course, right? There is no such thing as a perfect relationship, but why this was so painful with the, why the toxic relationship stuff is so painful to me is because women don't do the work to know themselves and feel like they can have what they want, right? Alignment, shared values, deep respect, kindness, (laughs) and, and care and 
they sacrifice everything. I mean, you sell your soul for the, for the wedding and the dress and the ring and the kids that then you don't have a person to actually co-parent you have. And then either the kid is the parent, like you're taking care of the husband too. So now you have another kid or you have absolutely no support. You might as well be on your own. Yeah. And it's in it. it Listen to Melissa's episode (laughs) because in Melissa's episode, she talks about how she's actually so happy to do it on her own, you know, and she's built up a career where she has the ability to do that. And if you're not in that place, maybe find a new career and get to that place. Like it's, it it is, I, I work with a lot of women with toxic exes who they're raising children with. And, and I help them get to a place where they actually can have a healthy relationship with that person, even if they don't show up in the way that they would desire. Um, but it's, it's, it's a scary road. It is a scary road. You are literally tied to that person for life. And it's not our fault. It's because of the old paradigm that we choose relationships from such disempowerment. Like we choose relationships from all of these fantasies or sacrificing, or I just got off the call with a new client who said, you know, fake it till you make it. And she early, everything in her body was screaming no the whole time. And yet she just pushed through because she didn't know any better. You know, once you hear the new truth podcast, I've had, we've both had so many messages from women all over the world that are like, you saved my life. Like I, I stopped myself from walking down the aisle or I left a really unhealthy relationship or I prevented myself from continuing down the road of the same pattern over and over again. Um, but I, I, I feel like it's perfect that this episode is piggybacking on Jamie's part one and part two, um, on Mm. sex and dating and sex and relationships, because so much of those episodes and really all of this work is about getting to know your own pleasure. Like how women have been taught, like you need a boyfriend to feel beautiful. You need someone to choose you to feel like you matter. You need a hot guy to feel sexy. You need someone to give you hot sex, to feel sexual. You need all of these, like you need a, a, a man or a person to, to give you all of these things in order to feel something inside of yourself. But what you actually need is to, is to know yourself, like all of those things. So the, the, the sex, sex and dating part one and two are so beautiful because it was all about knowing your own pleasure and getting to know your own body and getting to know. And I, I, I've been so immersed in pleasure the last three weeks. I was just on retreat with a friend of mine in, on the Greek island of Idra. This is an island with no cars. So there were no cars. I had no technology for a week. I didn't use my cell phone. I didn't text. I didn't check messages. And it was the most deeply pleasurable experience. I've one of the most I've ever had. And I have a lot of pleasure in my life, but I went to like a deeper layer within myself and it's carried on. I've been traveling. I'm back in Athens now, but I was traveling around the Greek islands with my parents for the last two weeks. And just experiencing this, like slowing down and knowing my body and feeling my yeses and nos more clearly. And when we're in a hurry, when we're busy, when we're stressed out, when you're trying to find a partner, when you think you need to be in a relationship instead of being single, when you think you need to be married instead of being where you are, when you're in your head trying to sort it all out, you're going to miss all the signals your body knows. So spend time getting to know her because she knows and know, know your own pleasure and take responsibility for your own pleasure and take responsibility for how you're feeling in your body and honor those yeses and nos, even when they don't make sense. 
because your body will not lie to you. Like when you get a no, you go on a date and something feels off and you're like, but the guy's so nice and charming and good looking. Well, usually a red flag anyways, good looking and charming. Um, But if your body, something feels off, just trust it. I am clear now that the most important thing a woman can reclaim is her trust in herself and how trust erodes isn't, you know, I'm going to go on my child. Like I've been doing reparenting work for 10 years. I've been, I've been doing conscious parenting without having children. Cause this is the inner work that I'm doing with clients, but how your tr- self-trust erodes is you'll say something to your parent and they'll override it or they'll deny what you say, or they'll invalidate your feeling. And I'm sure all of us, you don't have to have deep trauma to have infinite experiences of that, let alone being at school and maybe a teacher says something or being in high school and a girlfriend says something about whatever you've just shared. And then the next thing you know, you're going, oh, maybe I don't know what's best for me. And I think culturally that's the message we're giving women anyway, right? You don't know what's best for you. And so if you don't know how to trust yourself and it is a long road, it's not just like, oh, now I'm going to trust myself and then figure it out. That's actually one of the biggest things that was tested for me in the past eight weeks of, can I calm my mind to feel the subtle, quiet nudges of listening to her cry? And I do know what she needs when I pause long enough to not panic in my mind and know, oh, I I know what's happening. And so there's a learn, what you're learning is not how to listen to that. You're learning how to quiet your mind. You're learning how to actually be present. You're learning how to care and love yourself enough to do the difficult work of letting go of what other people think or whatever life you think you're supposed to have or whatever box or package you think your partner is supposed to arrive in so that that's how you choose well. And when you trust yourself and know yourself, you'll know your values. And I don't, and you talk about this, of course, but I don't think we talk about this in our culture enough around choosing a partner. When you choose a partner, you're choosing shared values. You're choosing a shared vision. And I posted last week, a lot of people think, oh, just because I want kids. Oh, you want kids? Okay, great. We should keep dating rather than, okay, that's one tiny starting point. How do you want to parent? How will you share responsibilities? How will you raise your children? And what, you know, what's the, the culture in which an environment you're going to bring them up in? Cause I'm hearing some scary shit. Let me tell you these mom Facebook groups. It's scary oh, out there. <laughs> what people are writing about their relationships, but this, you know, choosing the right partner, first of all, you know, this is a little bit of a tongue in cheek for us because, you know, we hate right and wrong. We don't like using those words, but you know, an aligned partner is going to be shared values. And then most of all, an aligned partner is going to be someone who accepts you for who you are. And that is what I have felt more than anything over the past eight weeks watching. I'm going to cry watching Andrew with her like things that come so naturally to him, the depth of care and thoughtfulness and love, like his whole way of being. And he'd say to me too, like, am I doing this right? Like, is this okay? But he trusts his heart. Like I married the heart of this man. And if you aren't in your heart, you're not going to attract someone who's in theirs. If, If you don't know how to tell the truth about who you are, 
you're not going to end up with someone who tells the truth about who they are. If you are run by your inner child and you have not done the inner work, your inner child is going to choose your parent. It's the only way it works. That's how it works. The child says, if I can get this person who reminds me of mom or dad to love me, then I'll be healed rather than do the work of healing yourself. And that's what it means to choose the right partner. You must know yourself. That's why Kate and I are doing the work that we do. That's what the core of my dating program open to love is. It's not, you know, here's all the dating tactics to, you know, make him miss you and the three text messages to send and all that shit that, you know, Kate and I hate. It's open to love, which is first open to yourself, know yourself, know how to share yourself with the world, know how to tell the truth, because how many episodes have we had about people pleasing and the being afraid to ask a question or afraid to bring something up or afraid to share how you feel. I mean, the only alone time Andrew and I have really is when she goes to bed at night and we have those although we're like both ready to pass out at like eight o'clock PM these days too, but we're, you know, we're in bed and we'll just share, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Not trying to fix each other, not trying to make it better, not, you know, wishing things were different. Just being able to say like, he was sweet, you know, maybe week four, he just sweetly was like, I look forward to being out in the world with you again. And I, I look forward to being out in the world with you again, too rather than like, I wish we were out in the world or I wish things were different. No, we just could say the truth about our feeling. And if you don't know yourself, you're not going to tell the truth about how you're feeling. You're not going to be able to set boundaries. You're not going to be able to ask for what you need. You're not going to be able to share how you feel. And then you're going to wonder why you feel so freaking alone in a relationship. And then I'm sorry, if you don't know how to do those things, how are you going to model that to your children? Just saying. I, I don't get that translation. If you don't do that for yourself, how will you validate and model for your child that it's safe for them to do so? Yeah. And I know you, you wanted to talk about, we talked about boundaries a little bit before we hit record and what you've seen in toxic relationships. Yeah. Oh, well, first I just want to say like, it, it's the same if you don't know yourself how, or if you don't know, okay, so you've got your, your ideal partner, your ideal mate, you know, I'm most people that are single, not all. Um, I don't have a list right now. (laughs) Most have some sort of list or some sort of idea of what you want in a partnership or what you want in a partner. But if you aren't embodying that yourself, like then it's coming from lack. And if it's coming from lack and you're wanting to fill something from someone else, it's, it's a bottomless pit. It's not going to satiate you long-term. It will never be enough because you're trying to fill that not enoughness within yourself. So, you know, whatever it is you desire to experience in a partnership, do you treat yourself that way? Do you have that relationship with mm-hmm. yourself? Do you know yourself in that way? Do you, if you want you know, someone who's radically honest with you. Are you radically honest? Do you people please with your friends or do you tell them the truth when you don't have capacity or do you say no when it's a no, or do you say yes, when it's a yes, do you share when something's a little bit embarrassing, but you want to share it anyways and be vulnerable? Like, are you embodying whatever you're desiring in a partner? Cause the right partner for you is, a, is really a match to who you are. 
And, you know, I think um, I, I had an experience with a friend last at the retreat I was at a couple of weeks ago, this instant, I, we've known of each other for the last few years. She's a friend of mine's daughter and a friend of anyways. Um, but we had this amazing connection and it's, it, it's the same with friendship. It's like, we had the same sen- similar sense of humor. We laugh so much. We had very similar shared values, shared like perceptions of the world. Our conversations were deep and meaningful and it was fun. And it was like, just, I can feel when I meet a friend that when it's aligned, like, it's just cause, cause it's, it's, this person is like a match to who I am. And I can also feel when I meet someone who's not aligned and they're not a match to who I am. And I've experienced a ton of that. And even being in Athens and making new friends, there's people I meet who it just mm-hmm. like, it's maybe fun at first. And then a few hangouts in, and this is, ex- I've experienced this with dating too, a few hangouts in, it's like, oh, actually this, it just doesn't feel like a match. And it's not coming from a place of looking from the head of like, what, what's wrong with you? And why aren't you enough for me? Or how can I change you to make you different? So I feel better. It's this feeling of like, it, it, it just is. And so I'll, I'll circle back to what you were saying about boundaries. So a lot of people, you know, I, I, I shy away from using the word boundaries in my work with clients. Cause I, cause in my experience of working with clients, most people use boundaries as rules on how to engage with me. If you want to be in a relationship with me, here's all the ways you have to behave so I don't feel my pain. And and so I and I shared on the podcast a lot. I prefer to use the term standing with and for yourself. And in the moment when something doesn't feel right, you, you speak your truth and stand with and for yourself. And what I've noticed in relationship, in toxic relational dynamics, is when people are in the wrong relationship. So right, wrong. We're using those words. If a relationship's out of alignment because it's not healthy. Often couples will go to therapy and they will learn boundaries and then go home and be like, okay, you need to behave like this in order for me to feel good. And if you're having to tell someone how to engage with you, in my experience, it's probably not the right relationship. Not always, right? Sometimes you can get to the deeper layers together. And when you're in partner, like imagine with you and Andrew, you don't have to teach him how to be with you. You are respected. You don't have to tell him to respect you. You might have to teach him how to hold space and how to listen when you're feeling your feelings without trying to fix it because he's a man and you're a woman and there's differences. But it's like when I'm in a, an aligned relationship of any kind, it's just a line. There's alignment. And when stuff comes up, we talk about it and we are honest about it, but it's a, it's a feeling of sinking into like, I'm just me fully, you're you fully, and it feels good and it feels aligned. So choosing the right partner is, I mean, most important thing is that you are in partnership with yourself, that you are connected to yourself, that you are, that you, all of these aspects that you're looking for in the other person you have embodied within yourself and that you are not looking to fill something. You're not looking to fill something within yourself from the other person. Um, yeah. Anyways. Control. That's the last thing is just about control that if you are trying to control the other person, that's not going to be aligned. And the thing is you only have, you actually do a control over yourself, right? That's the practice. You control how you show up in the world. You control your thoughts. Are you going to listen to your saboteur, your inner critic, or are you going to listen to your authentic self, right? You 
most of the time what's happening when people try to choose a partner or how or women who are disconnected from themselves go through the world, they're controlling external circumstance, right? If I can get this person to love me, if I can change my appearance, if I can, you know, get all these things to line up, then I'll feel good rather than it's an inside job. And that's what the core of all of this work is. It's an inside job. It's an inside job to know yourself, an inside job to know how to share your truth and to, to share your feelings and to ask for what you need. And then most of all to trust. And I really, I love what you said about friendship because, and, and that you said, sometimes it feels good for the first couple of hangouts and then something doesn't feel good because we also have to acknowledge that too. In the old paradigm, it's instant chemistry. Like when you know, you know, no, yeah. that's not actually the case at all. Sometimes it takes a long time of a cycle or, and the courage and willingness to keep hanging out to discover if you're aligned or not. So I really appreciate that you brought that up about friends too, but this, this place of <clears throat> I'm responsible for how I'm showing up. You know, I, I do this gesture with my clients where I just say, if you just open your arms and stand in the world like that, it's who comes towards you to meet you in that energy, not what so many women do, which is I do the like climbing up a tree, right? Like grabbing for everything and trying to make something happen rather than, and you write your, your beautiful statements and with them for yourself. And then you watch what happens. Yeah. That's how this works. I did. Yes. I, I met Andrew online. I was going on dates, but I wasn't hunting, right? I'd go on a date because I understand. I understood that's part of what I needed to do in order to meet someone, but I wasn't attached to how it happened. I was just going to commit to showing up as me. And we live in the most messed up world for women, which is why we have the podcast because very few women know how to be themselves fully probably because of not only childhood trauma, but because we live in a world that doesn't actually support women being who they are either, right? We're bombarded with messages every single day that this is who you should be and how you should look and what you should, how you should behave in order to attract a man. Don't right, go, we have an episode on the worst dating advice um, out there, but you know, choosing well is probably choosing yourself right? You choose yeah. yourself and you stop worrying about being chosen and you recognize that you are choosing too. And choosing a life partner is quite possibly one of the most important decisions you're ever going to make and has way more influence on your health and well-being than however many fucking times you work out a week and what you eat and how often you meditate or how many personal development workshops you attend, you know, who your friendships too, who you surround yourself with has the greatest impact on your well-being than anything yeah. else. Yeah, if you're if you're used to being surrounded by friends that you feel aligned with, you feel amazing to be around who see you and love you and celebrate you and support you and you feel met by and you can be real with you're and vulnerable with and honest with and open with and all of that. You're like I notice when I'm on dates like it's just like ew, no, if I spend most of my time with people I feel amazing to be around, it's that I'm not going to settle in any way and yes. neither are you. And you know, whatever you're attracting is a reflection of where you're at within yourself. Like if you're the self sacrificer, you're going to attract self self-centered, possibly narcissistic, you know, type of men mm. or partners, because if you're a giver and you're give, give, giving from a place of um, pleasing and trying to get someone's love, you're going to attract takers, right? If you're in super controller energy, probably you're going to attract men who are more passive, who let you make all the decisions. And then one day you wake up and you're married to your, a teenage boy. 
and you have to clean up after him and do everything for him because you set it up in the beginning. So I love what you said about the, you know, is your inner child leading? Is your saboteur leading? Like you need to know, obviously this whole podcast is about this, but you need to know what your your, your patterns are so that that's not the part of you that's leading. And that the part of you that's leading when you're choosing a partner is that you're just being you, you're being you. And if you don't know who that is, sign up for someone's program, one of our programs or someone's programs and start to get to know your own soul, start to get to know your own self, start to get to know your patterns intimately. So that's not who's choosing partners because it, if your saboteur is leading in a relationship, it's a setup. And in the beginning, that's the most important time. And that time, most people's protection is leading. It's either the fantasy or the shapeshifter or the controller or the isolator. Like most of us have our patterns leading the way when we are dating, because there's that vulnerability to I'm single and I shouldn't be single and I should be in a relationship and this pressure and all of those layers from the old paradigm. So burn those, let go of the letting those lead too, because when that pressure is leading, then we're making choices from this place of protection and your heart doesn't actually need protection, right? Your heart, you needed protection when you were a kid. Now that part of you is hurting you. It's causing you to attract partners that are not right for you, that are not aligned with you, that you don't actually feel good to be around. So, and choosing a partner, whether you have children or not, is an incredibly important choice, you know, especially, I mean, God, if you live with someone, like you spend time with someone that you're making big decisions, you're buying a house with someone, you're having children with with someone like these are massive. This is going to have massive impact on your energy. You're around them all the time. So it matters. Every person who you choose in your life matters. So yeah, it's a reflection of you. If you keep attracting toxic people, look in the mirror and get to know what part you're bringing to the table. Cause I guarantee you, you're bringing a part to the table and that's why you're attracting that. So get to know you and all of these parts of you. So you can start dating from who you are and being in relationship from who you are. And that's how you know when it's aligned relationship, cause it feels good <laughs> period. And it's, there's behavior that's actually proof of safety, not yes. just like, cause all this, all of you know what maybe great sex feels like. And you'll tell yourself like, well, that feels good rather than the relationship that happens in the day to day. You know, the last thing I'll say is you'll choose well, when you know what it feels like to choose yourself. And then you actually, you know, we don't love the like chasing being chosen, but I will say eight years into my relationship, we continue to choose each other. Like, like that actually is what ends up happening and you won't have to chase and you won't have to shape shift and you won't have to play games. And it won't be this like bullshit manipulation of trying to get someone's attention. You'll actually have, you know, what feels good, right? Like you're saying is the experience of someone meeting you, right? Someone caring, someone showing up consistently because you're consistently showing up as you. And that's the magic. You will have no regrets. You won't be in the drama of someone not wanting to go out with you again or the ghosting crap when you are yourself fully. And I, I, the last, I was thinking about Lola Pickett's episode, even if you don't identify as an empath or highly sensitive person, go listen to the episode is one of our first episodes. Cause she actually says your self, your full self-expression is your protection. Do you remember that? Your full self-expression is your protection. Say, say that one more time. 
your full self-expression is your protection. And when you just brought that up, like your heart doesn't need protection because you are protecting and standing for and with yourself when you are fully self-expressed and that's the work. And I am still not in a place where I am taking on clients. And so the best way to receive from me right now is my open to love dating program, which is two parts. Part one is the inner work of getting to know yourself and cleaning up your childhood material. And then of course, the second half is how to actually date from alignment, how to bring yourself in your life so that you meet the person who is the right match for you. And you can stop all this drama and toxicity because I am sick of so many women being stuck in horrible relationships or continuing to hear the horrible stories again and again of what women are tolerating and it just doesn't have to be the case yeah and and what sparked the beginning I know I said um you're going through motherhood with and having such a great experience with Andrew sparked this episode but what also sparked this episode is how many conversations that are being had in with all like clients I'm working with and group coaching programs and toxic relationships, toxic marriages ending. Like it's so common, but the reason we're in it, like there is a toxic relational epidemic happening and it's happening because of the old fucking paradigm. And because our world is still so trapped in it. And I'm sure even if you've been listening to the new truth podcast since day one, I'm sure you still feel that pressure. And if you're single, you feel like you should be in a relationship. And if you're in a relationship, that's not aligned you feel like you should stay anyways, because, you know, you were supposed to, because you said you'd marry them till death do your part or whatever. Like you have one life. Your life is your own. Your life is not for anyone else. It is not better for the children to stay in a relationship that is hurting you. That is worse for your kids to see them, to, to see you go through that. And our kids learn way more from who you're being. I say are, I don't have any, but who we're being than from what we're saying. Like this is who you're being matters the most and your life is your own and nobody's going to choose it for you. The only one who can make that choice is you. And if you feel like you need to change yourself or change the person you're with in order for things to be better, it's not aligned, you know? And yes, you can grow yourself and get to know yourself and show up differently within yourself. But if you feel like you have to contort yourself to get the guy or, you know, change yourself in a way that actually isn't natural for you, isn't aligned, like it's it's not, that's not growing yourself and getting to know who you really are that's not healthy relationship. That's not aligned. You get to feel good in your relationships. And it, it breaks my heart how many women, even in friendships, even in work relationships, like you get to be treated well. And if you're in toxic relationships where you're not treated well, how are you treating yourself? Because that's at the root of all of it. So get to know, clean it up, open to love. I have a reclamation starting in the fall um, and the immersion, I've added one immersion this year because I'm living in Greece now. So I have one October 1st that's sold out and I have one that's starting to fill for April in the spring. So if you have any desire to come to Greece and unlock the magic of who you are, reach out. Um, Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop. I mean, so fun to be with you again. I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm happy to be back. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got some cool interviews coming up and then, uh, and sprinkled with Catherine and I in there and, uh, and then it'll be just me and you for a while until we feel compelled to interview someone again. So love you so much. Choose yourself. That's how to choose choose the right partner. Choose yourself. And um, we'll see you next week. See you next week. 
Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.